Everybody. This is uh, David, and it's Opposing the Matrix you're uh, listening to. It is the uh, 19th of August, 2019. 8 19 hmm, That's interesting. So, um, anyway, uh, off, and off we go into the Wild Blue Yonder again tonight. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about, uh, oh, a couple of different things here. And I made some notes here. Um <clears throat> The title of our show tonight, Warning, the objects in your mirror are closer than you know, are closer than you think, and nothing that you know. Uh, I know that sounds a little bit cryptic, but by the end of the the show, you'll understand what we're talking about. Um, Well, first of all, let's start off by being a a good co-host and saying uh, good good afternoon or good evening or good night. Well, not good nights later. Uh, To Jim and to Eric. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. How are you guys doing? Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so what spurred us on, folks, is um, Jim and I had a conversation today. And um, it's funny because right about the same time we were going to call each other. So um, one of us beat the other one to it. I'm not going to say who. It doesn't matter. But um, so we started talking and, <clears throat> and I was telling Jim how frustrated I was about how um, how things are going, especially up in the Portland area. Um, I live about, oh, probably two hours south of Portland. That's that's not far enough as far as I'm concerned. But um, they had a protest this weekend. And, and one of the things that totally perplexes me, and then I remembered scripture, but at the time it totally perplexed me, is how a group can call itself anti-fascist, but display everything that you could possibly think of in, in the area of acting like fascists. Um, there was a picture online with this guy that had a... Uh, a military helmet on and and the America's military helmets that we have nowadays sort of remind me of the Nazi helmets of World War II and World War One, and uh, it was painted red and that was to symbolize I guess communism or whatever and uh, a cr- it had a circle with three lightning bolts in it and it couldn't have been more fascist if you would have uh, if you would have had somebody in 1943 designing it for you so um <clears throat> Uh, it was it was just bizarre, you know. And 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 Jim and I were talking about how uh, how Scripture talks about uh, woe unto them that call good bad and bad good. And I'm just reading a book uh, by Kathy uh, O'Brien, uh, who was a um, basically a slave to the New World Order, even back in the 80s, and um, was involved in MK Ultra and everything, and you might not believe in that, but uh, if you read her book and then compare it to what's happening nowadays, you will see that it's uh, it was kind of prophetic in nature. And if you would have read it back then, you would have understand what's happening today. <clears throat> and I highly recommend that book, by the way. It's called uh, Transformation of America, and the word trance is T R A N C E, not trans. And 
you read that book, read it a little at a time because it takes a lot to digest it. Uh, it's like a big heavy meal. You don't eat it all at once. You eat it a little bit at a time. But anyway, and then Jim started talking about um, about the reset that's going to happen. And and uh, that people basically are unaware. They're, they don't know what to do. They And, and it's just really weird that the, the, the two of us just meshed like that without even talking for a week, you know. And actually, it's not weird because if you know who authors are, our, as the true author of our radio show is, you know, Jesus Christ, the Yeshua, if you happen to be Messianic, and and the Holy Spirit speaks to everybody the same message, because if he wasn't, then God would be duplistic, and that wouldn't be good, or dualistic. Um, <clears throat> but um, anyway, so we uh, we decided to do the show tonight, and Eric, I totally apologize right now in front of everybody uh, that we... Uh, I didn't text you like I planned on, but I slept most of the day, so please accept my apology. Um, uh, you're forgiven. <laughs> thank you very much. I really appreciate <laughs> it. I do. I do. Um, yeah, so it's it's been quite interesting. And, and also another apology goes out to our listeners for last Tuesday's show. Um, uh, we had a lot of technical problems going on, and I think that we figured out what it was. And so this Tuesday, we shouldn't have that problem. Um so don't think that uh, last Tuesday was uh, indicative of what's going to happen every Tuesday. So um, I, I managed to find another presentation that Ralph had made and brought it down onto my computer and cleaned it up and put it, other things to it uh, from the show. And, and everything seems to be pretty good. So we have the capability of cleaning up messes uh, for the most part. But uh, uh, nothing that Ralph and I did. It just happened to be a fupa that happened online. Uh, with, uh, I think it included Skype and probably some low bandwidth on his end. But um, <clears throat> that having been said, I, I don't want to dwell too much on that. Um, I'm glad that uh, things worked out in Portland. I'm glad that uh, the mayor was shown to be the leftist that he is, and uh, hopefully people will realize that and boot him out of office. But that's for another subject for another day. Um, so, Jim, why don't you, if you would, you know, let us know what's, what's going on with... Uh, what we were talking about on the phone, maybe you can get the ball rolling. And um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing that for reason, reason because it needs to be done and because my wife yeah. placed in front of me a, a low-carb pizza and I want to kind of a oh. snack on it while you're talking, okay? Get off, yeah, get off talking so I can. Okay, I'll, you pass me the ball and I'll do it. Okay, you got the ball. Run with it, dude. A couple of weeks ago, all we were hearing on the news was about the Democratic um, debates. And I mean, it would just, it, it predominated everything, um, everywhere, in all press. And what you didn't hear were all the other things that would have happened that same week. And it was funny that it was almost like a synchronicity that would, when all of the debates going on here, all these other things are happening all over the world, and you're not hearing one bit about it. Now, beginning in 2011, 2015, 2016, 2017. Um, in 2015, I, I don't think that was uh, one that actually happened, but 2016 and 17, I'm, I'm pretty sure those were the two years. Similar things happened in all three times. And that was, there was double hurricanes in tandem, one right behind the other. Now with that, same pattern, there was global uh, seismic activity, earthquakes just going off all over the place everywhere. 
and there was also volcanic activity. Now, what you didn't hear two weeks ago during all of the convention was that in California, just in one day, there was 115 earthquakes along the San Andreas Fault, just in one day. In one, in, in two days, there was four volcanoes that erupted. One in, I think it was Malta, the other one in, in Italy, one in Peru, one in uh, Venezuela. You didn't hear anything about that, did you? There was uh, volcanic activity churning up at uh, uh, Yellowstone National Park. And they keep saying it's, it's going to pop pretty soon. It's going to pop. So all this activity is going on and nobody is saying anything about it. Why? Because there's too many of us that are connecting the dots looking for the patterns. Well, in spite of that, I was aware that the two hurricanes in tandem was headed towards Hawaii. Thank God one sheared off and missed Hawaii, but the other one did hit. But the fact is that the two were there and they were in conjunction with all the other seismic activity and volcanic activity that was going on all over the world and we're not hearing about it. That means this year, there's another Earth axis shift. Well, what's so important about that? Well, in Isaiah 14th chapter, just after the flood, it's described that the earth wobbled to and fro like a drunkard. Then the Lord says that he took the kings on high, uh, or the, the inhabitants from on high, and they took the kings of the earth and put them in a pit and reserved them until they were visited. This literally is telling you how the disembodied spirits, the death of those entities that had remained that were part uh, human, part not human. He took them and put them in a pit. He took those that were collaborating with them, uh, the kings of the earth, and put them in that same pit. The earth shifted its axis and locked them up. Kind of like uh, Marvel Comics uh, Forbidden or the Phantom Zone. So the word visited is a key word there. It literally has two meanings, and some theologians will tell you that you can't, both can't mean the same and the same thing. And I'm saying, yeah, it can. And this word, pakad, means to supernaturally intervene in the natural courses of events. And then it also means to muster up as an army. So Jesus, when he died and went into the bowels of the earth, first, first he went to the upper chamber. Then he went down to the lower chamber after the resurrection. Then he went down to the angels that sinned. Or the, you know, what happened in Genesis 6. And he made an open show, a humiliation. He publicly humiliated them and gave them a further sentence. That sentence is in um, Isaiah 26 chapter. You are dead. You shall not uh, rise. You are the Rapha. You shall not be a partaker of, of a resurrection. He said, but he has visited you. The word Picard supernaturally intervened. And what he is announcing was, I'm going to raise you up as an army to your own destruction that even people won't even remember who you are. They're very vain, they want to be remembered. So this was a threat. So one is not stating that it's impossible, he's stating this is the situation that you're in, but here is what I'm intervening, and I'm going to raise you back up. Where are they coming out from? From inside the earth and onto the earth. The locust invasion of Revelation 9th chapter. When the earth goes into a axis shift, a literal shift, these are all the symptoms that happen. 
And that means that CERN magically coincidentally fires up on September 23rd. And every time that it has, when there's an actual rotation shift, they're literally bringing over like a transparency. They're bringing over a part of the pit of hell into our own reality. Here's, here's the realization of it for some of you people that have been watching and being aware of things. The first time it happened in 2011, like overnight, overnight, the next day, what happened in our reality is all of a sudden the Democrats proudly pronounced that they are socialists and socialism is the great new wonder uh, cure for mankind. And everybody just accepts that um, this is the way it is except for most of us old boomers. We've been taught that that was our enemy right from the beginning, and the enemy from within. And now all of a sudden a wake up call, what? The youth think that uh, Uncle Bernie is, you know, the promise of new, wonderful, uh, great things from socialism, and an entire younger generation just embraces socialism. This happened overnight. It wasn't just a sudden gradual change. I mean, the, the seeds were planted and everything was there. But then all of a sudden, it is incorporated into our society, into our culture, into our minds. We just accept it. The second, that was a political um, issue. The second time it happened in 2016, all of a sudden, same sex is normal. They demand their equal rights. They have their equal rights. If you speak out against it, you're a hater. All of a sudden, you can't turn a movie on. You can't even turn a travel channel on with get, without getting the lesbian, gay um, propaganda. There's a, a gay in every. There, there's a gay hero in everything and anything now. They make it so emotionally appealing that you would be almost ashamed to say anything otherwise because they build on emotion. They build on playing on your emotion. This happened overnight. The third time, it happened overnight was on the uh, in the 17th, uh, 2017. All of a sudden, if you get mad or any reason at all, you just go into a, heck, a, a, a store, you know, McDonald's, or heck, even just go into a church and just kill everybody. That never happened in our society ever before. Then all of a sudden, overnight, that's the answer for everybody's problems or woes. And what's amazing is how they show... They try to put a slant on it that it's all just a, uh, they try to race bait us and they try to say that it's all um, these far extreme radical right wing. Yeah. I, they had a picture. I got it posted on. Did I put it on my site? No, I haven't done it yet. I have a picture of uh, last year's entire amount of um, I think it was 65 uh, profiles of the people that were. Uh, the massive killers. Um, it it's very different from what the press is telling you, folks. That's all I'm going to say. I'll have it posted someday. You can take a look at it. Um, we're being this earth has gotten out of control, so out of control. CERN is the one doing this. Now I've looked at a lot of different um, videos that that are on uh, YouTube. I just lost my YouTube channel. All of my, I had 135 videos posted there. I had one explaining all of this in great detail. It's gone, but you know what? I knew this was coming, so I put a backup on all of it. So I got all of them. I've been trying to work on getting um, this stuff reposted, and I just found one place that is, I can't even remember the name of the, there's two of them that start with a B and 
this one is uh, one of them, and they just accepted me, so I'll be posting my stuff on there. Um, perhaps when it's not my turn to talk, I'll go look and grab my notes and, and find uh, the name, the actual name of it. But um, I do have posted that on my Facebook page too. I'm having to do a complete reover on everything uh, to accommodate what's coming down uh, the road because it's everything's different than what we've ever been taught or what we have been expecting. Um, one of the key scriptures that proves my point about CERN is that we have this locust invasion coming out in the ninth chapter of Revelation. They're coming out of this pit. Uh, the name of the head demon or you know leader of all of these coming out of the pit is um, Apollyon. Now CERN is located in CERN, Switzerland, and its exact center location is located during the uh, the Roman Empire, where the temple to Apollyon is. And Apollyon is the same name for uh, that's of the name of the demon that's coming out. It's not by chance. It's not made up. So there's been a lot of videos out making that comparison and stuff, and that's simple and obvious. But there's one thing the Lord was telling me to do, and I was preparing a uh, sermon that I was going to give down at um, uh, Prophecy Club. So I was busy with that, and the Lord kept saying, no, let you got to look this up. Look up Revelations 9, I think it was 13 or something, and he kept saying, it's important, look at this. So I looked it up, and it says, and the sound of their wings is the sound of many chariots into battle. I'm going, okay, we'll look up the word sounds. I look up the word sounds, and then, uh, my gosh, I mean, I could hear the Twilight Zone music playing in the background of my head as I'm looking at it. I'm thinking it meant to hear. Listen, right? That's what everybody thinks. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. The word meant phone. Really? Like a phone. Yes. Huh. So I look it up. I, I look up in Strong Vines notes on Strong's numbers. I wanted more information. I looked on every resource that I had on my computer program to gather and went back and looked at Englishmen to see the consistent use of that word and where it is and how it is and everything. It blew my mind. It was amazing. Vines notes on Strong's numbers really said it the best. It said, "This is a uh, this is a numerical system, i.e., an address." Whoa. That's what that word meant. Literally being dialed in. The key and the angel had the key to the bottomless pit and he opened the pit and smoke and fire came. The smoke and fire is literally in the Greek. It means a religion without spirit. Hmm. In other words, it's a false religion and it's, it's creeping out. It's a thought. It's, it's a seed. And then what comes out is the locust, and it gives a, uh, an eight-point description, but the Bible interprets itself by itself. Long story short, there's um, entities down there that are going to do a fake second coming, and they're going to have their own rapture. They're going to have their own little thing going on for their own people, and it's in there. And CERN is the one that is doing it. And so every 23rd, and I look at this year, my gosh, it's the four blood moons. The four blood moons, some people, oh, yeah, we heard that, and it didn't, nothing happened. Yes, it has. Everything has happened exactly the way it ever said it would happen on the four blood moons. And this time, it reaches its peak on September 23rd, um, 2019. So we have all the evidence of an axis shift. We know that CERN is going to start up again on the 23rd. 
It always does. There's a certain occultic reason for that. Um, I explain that in my video too, so you'll get all the information. It's way too much to try to get into right now. But all the evidence, all the signs, all the patterns are there. It's in conjunction with the Jewish holidays. It's in conjunction with um, with occult beliefs. Everything is coming to a like a a, a head on, and so. Whatever's company. Uh, now, some people have asked, oh, well, Jim, are you trying to say that that's a date for, you know, the Lord's coming back? No, I'm not going to play the dating game with you. I know only that something major and significant is going to happen that is going to change the way we live. It'll be a reset. It'll be God's reset. It's going to look like the end of days. It's going to look like... Um, you know, that we're in the battle of Armageddon and everything else is going on at the same time. Um, they'll be like dominoes that hit one thing after another. Um, there's many people that are anticipating an economic collapse. Now, I know that the rich elite have got alternate currencies that in transition before they go to a cashless society, they're going to use these alternatives. And they've been planning up, stashing up, hoarding uh, these things. I never believed in that at first, but then I follow them and see what they're doing. They've got a lot of offshore banking. Uh, they're relocating these monies over to there. They're getting out of internal banking in the United States, and they know why. Now they've got an opportunity because of the way their they're frenzied paces against Trump. Now they've got an opportunity to try to make the a, a dollar collapse Trump's fault and at the same time make billions of dollars in the process. So, and they can blame Trump, but they've planned it already. They already have a contingency plan to make billions. The only problem is they didn't count on the fact that they're not going to be around to get it because they're part of the reset. They're, they're anticipating and waiting and have been waiting for their own version of a rapture. And they are told that they will be told to go to certain locations and wait to be beamed up. Yeah, beamed up. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about UFOs and aliens type of beamed up just like the movie Skyline, if you ever saw it. This is something they're expecting. This is something they're anticipating. And I found scriptures that mentions it. And I've got that in my videos. It's in my book. And in my book, it makes it a whole lot easier. But these things are really happening. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said, if they tell you to go to the secret place, if they tell you to go out to the desert, don't go. I'm not there. Now, why did he say that? Because someday some group of people are going to be told, go to the secret chamber, go to the desert and wait and we'll be beamed up. That is in reference to them. Because mm -hmm. Jesus knew someday there was going to be this fake rapture. And I call it fake. I mean, it's real. It's very real. But it's not a rapture that I don't think anybody should want to be a part of. Because Satan mocks everything that God is doing. He does it in the same but opposite pattern. Once you get that same but opposite pattern, you can understand history. You can understand some of the events that are happening today. Satan will do and imitate everything that God does. You know, the, the joke is that God grabbed a handful of dirt. He made everything, rested on the seventh day, and said it was all good. God, uh, Satan looked at that and goes, I could do that. He grabbed a handful of dirt, and God looked at him and says, hey, that's my dirt. Get your own. The fact is that he doesn't have his own dirt, but he'll tweak what God has and make it into a perversion. And so this is what he's doing, and he's doing it in the same opposite fashion. So we're going to see a lot of things happen. Peter said that there would be a great shaking up in the last day, and that that uh, the heavens will be shaken, uh, and men's hearts will be failing for fear of the things coming upon. Well, a shaken means 
more than just a giant celestial earthquake, as the Left Behind series tries to make it be. It means a displacement of secure things in heaven that are given to mankind and causes this shaking up. It's a supernatural shaking up. And what this rapture, fake rapture thing, my claim is that is ha- going to perhaps happen. I don't know what series of events, how they go in in series. I just know certain things God told me and showed me and gave me scripture to back it up of events that are going to happen in this reset. It's going to make the world think that it's the end of the world, but it's not. It's a reset. It's the beginning of opportunity. It's a time of accountability. God is doing a reset on the earth because we are so out of control with this laminating of of everything that God is going to do his own laminating or at least a stop to what is in the process right now. Satan's part of it because he wants to flip the switch. He wants to call good evil and evil good. So he's going to let all of the elite, this rapture, this new age rapture, because if they're all gone, he gets to flip the whole reverse. Who's left behind? The Christians. Who are the ones that are are getting uh, uh, the riches and reaping the benefits? The Christians. Ooh, wait a minute. We saw that in the Left Behind series. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're, what they're going to do is pretend to be the ones that had it right and went, and we're left behind in this reset. This is the way some people are actually going to look at it. Now, the thing is, what you don't know is all your rich elite are theosophists. Theosophists are those that believe in a certain philosophy by what I call the anti-Moses, uh, Helena Bolatsky. She wrote out in The Secret Doctrine everything that's happening right now within the New Age movement. Now, the New Age movement had a New Testament and Old Testament version. The New Testament version is what the New Agers believe. The Old Testament version, you'll never believe this one. That's why Hitler's on the cover of my uh, my book, uh, Beyond Science Fiction. That was not National Socialism, which was following the writings and teachings of Helena Blavatsky. But it was Old Testament version based on a bloodline and national identity. Now transferred over to um, to uh, a New Age version, so that after the death and resurrection um, of this individual leader, he becomes the firstborn of his kind. How through science and technology? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right, Jim. So you're saying that the 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 whole Nazis are in the Bible somewhere? Yeah, by word pictures, and I love it. Isaiah, 14th chapter. He's, he's declaring to the Philistines not to be so boastful and rejoicing because they just captured uh, the Israelites' God in a box, the Ark of the Covenant. The main, group, the main people that they fought and took it from were the tribe of Dan. Now, it's, it's saying in the, in, the, um, in the scripture, I'm going to look this one up, read it. Maybe I'm going to look it up. <laughs> you got your Bible out, huh? Yeah, actually, I've got it in my book, so I figured I'd just highlight it in there and find it quicker that way. But that um, works. Well, yeah, if I can find. Ah, rejoice not, thou whole Palestinian, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Now, 
I looked at that and I go, well, wait a minute. From his root to come up cockatrice a fiery playing sir you know what sir there's some kind of weird manipulation going on here i just got to look this up in every word in the hebrew to see what the variables could be reading out here's my unofficial jim Wilson version rejoice not all you philistines because the tribe of dan is uh, the because the tribe of israel dan that punished you is broken off to pluck up from the serpent's soil an extrusion of offspring shiny ones to cover with obscurity the serpent whoa that's pretty that's pretty wild that's what it could say now what does that mean in word pictures see i in my book i mean i go i go through all this explanation of who are the modern day philistines who were where did the tribe of dam go uh they first departed when moses uh was returning back most of the danites a lot of them went into the medea persian empire they went to uh, they later became the um um part of the uh, Greek empire, then part of the Roman empire, the founders of the Roman empire. And then up through, they immigrated into England, but most of them were still basically uh, Roman kind of uh, thought and citizens. And then they went from there to the United States of America. Now, mm-hmm. and the founding fathers, my claim, and what I try to prove and show in this was uh, eventually the eagle. They, you see the, the word pitches are this, wherever the, wherever the tribe of Dan went there, they started out with a serpent, and then Eheiser was offended by the idea of a serpent, so they changed it from a serpent to a um, eagle, the natural enemy of the serpent. So Dan was represented by the eagle. So wherever Dan went, he was spot, he had the eagle as their main symbol. So everywhere the eagle is, there's ruin, death, and destruction. That's what Jesus said, and he didn't mean he wasn't mistaken and meant some kind of a hawk or a vulture. He literally meant look out for where the eagle goes because there's going to en- end up being doom and gloom. Why Dan was always a double-minded uh, group. They were the first of the 10, na- 10 northern nations to get into pagan worship up on top of Mount Hermon. So their history isn't real good, but yet they end real good. But I'm I'm cutting off here. So let me, let me get back to the word pictures. Now, so... The word picture is this, the eagle is represented by the tribe of Dan. You know what the tribe of the Philistines, what their main icon was? Eagle? The swastika. Oh, okay. swastika. Mm-hmm. So what he's telling us by word pictures is when you see eagle and the swastika come together in this land, there's going to be genetic manipulation of the human genome. In Daniel, it says also this, that he will think to change times and seasons, and it will be given unto him a time, a half a time, or a, a time, times, and a dividing of times, past, present, and future. He will think to change. That word in the Aramaic is used only in one other place, and it's in Daniel's second chapter, where Daniel is singing the praises of God, and he's saying it, that he will that is God who sitteth upon the throne. He raises up one, brings down another, um, and he changes the times and seasons. The word for times in that one means seasons in the other one. I think that was a purposely uh, mix in translation so that people wouldn't look up every word. And I'm sure I look up every word and I find, oh, look, at here it's, here it's this and here it's that. But the word actually means fixed appointed times. So we're told in Daniel that he would manipulate fixed appointed times and would be given to him allowed now that doesn't mean he can go back and change anything it just means certain things 
he has access to. So what are we beginning to see within the time when the eagle and the swastika came together? Their whole agenda was an occult agenda. They were the first official occult government since before the flood. Their swastika represented Axis powers. It re actually meant centripetal or centrifugal force of magnetism, or FOHAT is what um, Helena Blavatsky called it. Nothing is new under the sun. It's the same old stuff that it's always been. The rich elite are theosophists. They're going to be gone. And you're stashing up all this stuff. Now, when we go in a rapture, those that are appointed to go, when they go in a rapture, they go to be the bride married to Christ. Now, we're seeing a scene up in heaven. You can't think linear. This is already, it's good. It's weird. But when any, anybody and everybody dies, you're going to go. That's going to be where you go because everything's already done. Um, in Ecclesiastes 3.15, it says everything it is has already been and everything it will be has already been. And God requires an account of that, which is past. Meaning there's no arm wrestling going up between God and heaven up in heaven. God knows everything that happened because it's already been done. So what we're doing, if you read Revelation 19 chapter, we're looking at the beginning and the end. It's already been done. So we got to stop thinking linear whenever we look in heaven. It's, it's a completed place. It's outside of time. We can't even comprehend that living in a three-dimensional world, trying to comprehend a fourth-dimensional world. That's why um, uh, when... Uh, Ezekiel was taken into captivity. He was along the river Kyber, and he was looking down into a whirlwind. And we think of Dorothy and Toto's whirlwind going sideways. No, he was looking down into it. He was looking at a wormhole in a fourth dimension, trying to comprehend what he was seeing. But at the very end, in the 10th chapter, he said, this is a living creature that I saw by the river Kyber, and I knew they were the cherubim. He's talking about a living vehicle, an order of an angel. That's because there is an order of an angel. It has a lot to do with Mercury and a lot of other stuff that exists that we now know is the engine to what a UFO is. They're real. The Third Reich was working on them. They developed them. They made them. Why wasn't it a weapon? Because they couldn't use it as a weapon. Because you couldn't project one projectile from one place where space-time is wrapped around it into another without the thing going back in the same momentum that it shot out it. So all they could do is land and be an imposing sign or situation as the top expert of um, a Greek is Zohidus, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Spiros Zohidus, in his Hebrew Greek key study Bible, he makes the comment about um, Yeah, I'm looking at my book. I'm looking for this place. Okay. Take your time. <laughs> he, he made a comment in his book about uh, the appearance of the Antichrist. When he came, he would, it says, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. This is his comment about signs, lying wonders, and power. These two words, this is signs and lying wonders. Do not refer to different classes of miracles, but to different qualities of the same miracle. Terrace wonders is a miracle regarded as a startling, imposing, frequently used elsewhere, strange appearances in the heavens. Semyon sign, a miracle with an ethical end and purpose. They are valuable not so much for what they are as for what they indicate. What they're indicating is that there's a sudden startling appearance in the skies 
and it's bearing an ethical message that is contrary to the Word of God. What does that sound like to you, folks? It's what all these UFO abductees and all these UFO contactees and anybody that's ever seen or heard a message from any of these space brothers or whatever. New Age gospel. Yes, exactly. So what's the best way? What's the best way to win your enemy? Defeat him from within. So in my book, I mentioned about Operation Paperclip. That was our undoing. What is being passed off to the younger generation today as uh, free enterprise or capitalism as being selfish, stingy, gluttony, uh, um, merciless, uh, greedy people? That's corporate fascism. And I'm against corporate fascism as much as any young person or anybody. But a boomer my age, I'm 68. Um, I remember a time working when capitalism was the best thing that made this America great and it'll make it a great again for a short time. But you're being fed corporate fascism. Why corporate fascism? Because capitalism died in the mid 70s. Operation Paperclip was our undoing. We brought the very infrastructure of Nazi Germany into our country. These people were all the hierarchy connected to all the old monies of Europe. They are part of the families that have ruled this planet since, since the flood. And they're doing the same things they've always done. We let them come into our country. We gave them our country because they brought new toys and new pieces of technology that dazzle us just like like uh, the white man did with the Indians uh, when they first came in. Um, unbelievable what happened. They took over from within. Corporate fascism has taken over because if you follow the money trail, you'll find out that the United Nations agenda is the exact Nazi agenda, only made on a global pattern. Even their globe is, is made specifically not because the earth is flat. Gosh, I don't want to get into that tonight. But uh, it's because Ultima Chula, the center of the inner Aryan uh, empire, is patterned as being the center with everything radiating out from it. And that's what it's all about. It's a mockery in your face to anyone that understands. When you follow the money trail, the same people that support uh, the United Nations once supported the uh, machinery of Nazi Germany. Heck, we even had a couple of major... Uh, corporations here that were supporting Nazi Germany. But when we brought the scientists over, they were first stationed in, of all places, Roswell, New Mexico. Why Roswell? Because Roswell was where all the scientists went first, and then they were uh, used that as a location area, and then they sent them out to wherever they wanted to, to do their specialty uh, technological uh, work. Sometimes, uh, like a the MK Ultra stuff was illegal in the United States, so they went to uh, McGill Hill University in Canada and conducted all the MK Ultra uh, mind control pro uh, experiments. They went to um, California to um, Brookhaven and started working on uh, different cloning technologies and, and things. So all of this stuff we took within ourselves. We did just like Joshua and Cable have warned not to do, is don't take the, the war booty into your own cells, it'll change you from within. Well, that's what happened to us in the United States. Um, they were connected with all the big monies. They had all the toys. We wanted those toys. So we sold our American soul uh, and let them take over from within. They had the money. My gosh, the security systems. Um, at, uh, Kennedy Jet Propulsion Lab, um, Kennedy Space Center, uh, NASA, Werner von Braun, 
when von Braun was an SS officer and looked at Hitler as his God, as his Messiah, he didn't do it just by a good old buddy system. He was a hardcore, you know, randomly, uh, he wore the SS uniform. You earned that. You didn't just wear it uh, uh, because you were hopped on board or something. You, you earned it. And he randomly created the V-1, V-2 rockets that just lobbed, you know, death wherever they landed in, in Great Britain and other parts of Europe. Um, he was way ahead of his time because he worked outside the box. He came over to America, and because he was dealing with corporate America and different things, he had what was called the Industrial Security Agency, which he was ahead of. The Industrial Security Agency later on broadened its scope of influence and turned into the National Security Agency, the NSA. They did everything the Nazi way, compartmentalization of information and, and things like that. Uh, Reinhard Galen, the highest officer of uh, Eastern Division of uh, Nazi Intelligence, Gestapo, he was captured. He said, hey, you know, you're pretty impressed with all the stuff we did. We almost annihilated a whole group of people and you didn't even have a clue about it and all this cool technology. You know what? I buried a whole bunch of stuff on Russia. I know they're going to be your enemy soon. So I got all this stuff on Russia. Why don't you let me and my boys come uh, over to America, pardon us, and we'll work for you and we'll help turn the OSS into a new organization. And so they did. And guess what the organization was? The Central Intelligence Agency. So the two biggest secret agencies in our country were patterned and formed after Nazi Germany. Is it any surprise that corporate fascism has now taken over America? We the people, capitalism is gone. President Trump has been given the opportunity to make America great again. And he will. Mark Taylor's prophecies and if you haven't ever read it, it's you can buy, buy well, if you have uh, Amazon Prime, you can go and read his testimony. His testimony and way he was called and how he was called a God, it rung out so true to me because I experienced the same thing when God called me into the ministry that I have now, what I'm sharing with you. Um, these things are real, folks. Things are going to happen so different you have been taught to expect. And other things that, are, that we're looking to happen has already happened. So it's going to be a time of a great upset, even for Christians. But here's the promise and the hope that we have. This is going to be a time of reconciliation. There's going to be no shades of gray to hide in. You're going to be either in one camp or the other. You're going to be either accepting the Christ of the Bible, or you're going to have some hopeful expectation of this cosmic Christ but you're going to be in one or the other camp. There's nothing in between to hide anymore, which also means that for the Christian or even the non-Christian, if you have done what is right because it's the right thing to do and you've had that kind of integrity and character and you've been sowing to the kingdom, whether you know the kingdom or not, but if you've been doing that, you're going to reap of it. But Christian, even though you're a Christian, if you have been playing games with God, if you've been learning about God but not knowing him personally, not investing your assets, your talents, your things to the kingdom of heaven. And you haven't been reaping anything or so. I mean, you haven't been sowing anything really to the kingdom, but kind of just doing your own thing. You grab your fire insurance and now you're going to just have a good old time. You're going to lose. You're not going to die, but you're going to lose and suffer as the unbelievers do, because this is a time of accountability. Now, God is positioning his people who have been working for the kingdom and in ways that they're they're ready they're prepared 
they're going to fill up the gap with being very prosperous. And I see this happening to many, many people where God is jockeying them into a position where they're going to have access to what they have been uh, reap, uh, been sowing, and they're going to reap. But Satan's letting that happen because it's going to say, oh, look, see, they've been left behind. The UFOs community has been telling you that, that this uh, Holy Spirit they have is actually a part of a hive mind collective consciousness. That's why they all believe and think and feel the same way. It's actually a, the evil aliens, the bad aliens are the ones that put that in them. They've been telling you this all the time. So there's a lot of strange things that are going to happen. And they're not going to be the way you were taught. They're not going to be things that you've been expecting. But they are going to happen. I have the luxury in my book. I wrote it 24 years ago. Many I've got have all the descriptions of the and everything because I was talking about stuff that's so radical back then. It still sounds radical today, but yet now today they're the hot topics that everybody's talking about. That's 24 right. years ago, this was unheard of. It was crazy stuff. I was the craziest man in the world. So you know, when being on the fringe of anything, I'm used to it. I mean, I my first congregation wrote Harley Davidsons. I was a I was a biker, uh, welder slash, you know, turned uh, Bible scholar. How does that happen? Well, I will, if I ever get the book written, you can read it and you find out. It's going to be called from uh, from uh, Harley Choppers to Aliens and Saucers. What a strange and rewarding life it's been, and it has been. But um, it, you know, I, I'm one that thinks outside of the box, but I'm one that has totally fallen in love with Jesus. I've got so much to be thankful for him for that he's and when he's forgiven me. I think I hate to say it, but I think, you know, the scripture where it says study to show yourself approved uh, unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Man, we're missing the whole point of that scripture, guys. Everybody does. And I don't know why. Just go back to the Greek. Look up the Greek words. Two words will change that whole thing to make it, to, to, you'll understand it differently. It doesn't mean that it was mistranslated. It wasn't. It was just translated. Um, English is about the dumbest language there is on the earth. Like Hebrew is the, the most sophisticated, and Greek is pretty sophisticated, too. And so this, we're talking Greek. But it says, uh, approved of God. And the other word, um, that we do not be ashamed. Now, when, when we're looking at that, we're thinking, okay, we got to learn a lot of stuff about God so then we can have an answer and we won't look stupid, right? And so then God will be accepting of us. So let's learn all we can about him. No. The word approved means to be made useful. Mm -hmm. To be made useful. Study to make yourself useful. Ashamed does not mean embarrassed and looking stupid. It means three things. It has three variations of the meaning, but all three fit into the scripture. It's to have a firm foundation, to have confidence, to exercise your authority as a child of God. People, that's all relational. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want you to know about him. He wants you to learn how to get yourself out of the way so he can do through you what you can't do. And that's loving your enemy. That is not natural to any of us. We can't do that. But we sure can know the mind of Christ, which is the hope of glory in us. You hear about the, the beam of seat uh, judgment and all these, you know, crowns and good things that are going to happen. Do you realize that's your soul? How much of your soul is going to be made into the likeness of Christ? That survives. 
but the wood, hay, and stubble burns away. That's your soul that was not redeemed. So if you grab your fire insurance and just live your own selfish life, you're going to have amnesia practically of everything that was down here. You're not going to have a full appreciation of your forgiveness because you don't have much to remember about it. But those that know their God will be strong and do exploits, Daniel said in that time. He says that the, the Antichrist spirit of Antichrist will flatter many and many will love will wax cold. But they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. We are going to be so strong that in this situation, in this time of great, horrendous things, we will be with hope. We will be with a solid foundation. And we will know our entitlement as a manifestation of the sons of God. We are his inheritors. My gosh, people, it says that the first century Christians walked through the streets and their shadows delivered this was after the day of Pentecost when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Their shadows delivered demons out of people. Not only about you, but my shadow, I walk around and it, all it does is block the sunlight out of everything. And yet our Bible promises us that the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain. Whew. Man, we got yeah. a long way to go, don't we? Yeah, that's for sure. But you know, that's why God is trying to bring us into a closer, intimate relationship with him. This is what it's all about, people. Not learning about God, learning his mind. And he made it simple. You know, I mean, to study, yeah, you better believe there's no shortcuts, man. You can't just watch a bunch of videos and think that that's going to do it. Read a book. Books take time. you got to back and support um, and prove your points. In a, in a video, anybody can say anything. And if they're really articulate in the way they sound, they can say you. They can give you a platter of uh, bovine excrement, and you think you're eating a, a candy-coated uh, donut. <laughs> you got to find out who is who is giving you what. What is their history? What is their uh, what are the fruits of of the results of them in the long term? Well, you start doing that, and you'll be amazed at how many uh, uh, people are pretending to be Christians that aren't, and they're passing themselves off and giving you a, a, a line in a dance, and some that are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong because they don't understand the whole rightly dividing the word part. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's some stuff that, that you actually do have to go to school and learn because we're playing catch up from dead language. that's no longer spoken uh, a culture that no longer exists and trends and, and things that are being spoken of in that day that go over our head. When Jesus said that, uh, that, he was going to, he went to Abraham's bosom. We were thinking, what the heck is that? Well, anybody that wore a toga back in those days knew that when you tied off the sash around your waist, the upper fork part was like a pocket inside and you stored stuff when you went shopping or a, uh, a shepherd would put a lamb in its bosom. Bosom meant a pocket inside. Abraham's bosom was a pocket inside the earth. That's where he went to Abraham's bosom. There was a chasm separated between that. And on the other side was hell, the hot spot where you really don't want to go. So the right. upper spot was good, a chasm in between it. And that chasm has to be on a 33.3 degree parallel line. That's into something else we're not going to get in tonight. I just put a teaser out there for you to want to seek out some of this information. It's all there. It's backed by the word of God. It's real. But you know what? Um, what better person to include this is 
you, Dave, is being a messianic uh, uh, believer. Um, why don't you explain a little bit what Pardis is? See, the, the the Hebrews do everything backwards from us, and that's where a lot of times people think with a lexicon or an interlinear they can get the whole picture, and they're not. Because if you don't understand Pardis, you don't understand how the Hebrew mind wrote the Bible, <clears throat> and you're only part of the picture. And so you get all confused and thinking um, that you're doing all this great work, and you're only getting half the story. You've got to get the whole story. So you've got to find a rabbi student or someone like um, um, Dave here who can explain it. So Dave, take over and explain Pardis, okay? Well, it's just no different than, than when Paul talks about the law in his letters. He's actually talking about seven different laws, but you don't know that unless you research it. Yes, the law of sin and death has been abolished through the blood of the uh, sacrificed lamb, Jesus, you know, on the cross. And um, there is no need for a rabbinical um <clears throat> order anymore because jesus is our high priest and uh so you know that's a lot so much of misunderstanding has come from that that's not the the uh, example i want to use but it's just something i wanted to throw in there um but actually partis is, is basically an acronym for the words uh peshat remez daresh and sod and um <clears throat> it's a hebrew way of looking at the scriptures and um, and it's quite effective actually because it's it turns into like one big circle, um, but at the end of the circle you have the answers. Uh, it would it'd be kind of like uh, me uh, driving over to meet Jim or actually first Eric, yeah, uh, where he lives in South Dakota, up to Detroit to meet Jim, and then making a big circle and then arriving home. Yes, I've accomplished something when I did that. I wanted to meet Jim and Eric personally. You know, I, I met Jim, but you know what I mean. Um, but I did accomplish my mission, but I arrived back home, and I arrived home knowing them better and with many answers that I might have had. But um, <clears throat> the first word, Peshat, uh, is basically the surface meaning. And... Um, I had two different um, ways to look at it, two different scriptures. One of them was Jesus wept, but I think the better one is uh, is uh, what we study so much, and that's the uh, when Jesus said, you know, um, when I return, based, I mean, and I'm using um, my own wording here, when I return, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And uh, <clears throat> so the, with Peshat, it's, uh, it's the, uh, the surface meaning, well, yeah, it's going to be like the days of Noah. Okay, but Peshat leads you into Ramez immediately because you want to know what the days of Noah are like. And, and he kind of goes into it a little bit. Um, and he taught, he says men were marrying and, uh, and, and, and marrying and given, in, well, actually given in marriages in Luke. Um, but it basically, eating and drinking, just like people do nowadays. And so everybody's like, okay, so what's the big difference, <laughs> you know? Um, the big difference is when you get into Duresh, because that causes you to, to make questions. So what Duresh, you basically look for similar occurrences in Scripture. So you go back to Genesis and you start looking at, okay, what was it like in the days of Noah? And uh, Genesis is, it, it gives some indication of what happened before that time, but but it's not quite clear. It just talks about the Nephilim and the men of, men of old and uh the men of renown, and that they took wives of all that they wanted. But what does that mean? You know, that's that's kind of not that clear. So you, you start looking into other places where um, places that are that you feel that are scripturally sound, <clears throat> and um, 
and I know I'm going to bring up the, the board, the, uh, the first Enoch, first Enoch, and a lot of people, oh, well, here he goes with Enoch. Well, you know, if it was good enough uh, to be uh, quoted a couple times, I think one was by Jude and another one was, I can't remember where. Um, uh, it's good enough for me. Okay, so if you read the first few chapters of Enoch, well, what, what was it like in the days of Noah? <clears throat> well, the first clue we can get is, uh, I'll go back to Luke real quick, because uh, the account of Luke, um, when when Jesus is talking about it, is, adds one thing. It says, men were marrying and given in marriage. Now, um, men in Hebrew culture were never given in marriage. <clears throat> the women were always given in marriage. So for men to be given in marriage, it, it suggests homosexuality. So there's your first clue. When Jesus comes back, the world's going to be full of homosexuality. So then you, you go to works like Enoch, and I think even Josephus talks a little bit about this. Um, you go into, um, well, actually the Bible talks about the giants, which are Nephilim. Um, and you look up the Nephilim in, um, in Enoch, and it talks about these giants that were, um, were half-breeds, basically. They were the sons of fallen angels and the sons of uh, women. And so you get an idea, okay, there's going to be some kind of cross-contamination between uh, fallen angels and women, just like there was at that time, and after the flood, for that matter. And you got to remember that Noah lived, uh, I think, a good four or five hundred, four hundred and something years after the flood. He was old enough to know Abraham. Um, it doesn't say he ever met Abraham, but they, they were contemporaries for a little while. Um, what else does uh, do these books tell us about? You know, I'm going into Jubilees and I'm going into Jared. It to- tells us that um, <clears throat> these works tell us that in that day that men uh, liked the way their, their young wives looked and didn't want them to, you know, when women have children, they develop stretch marks and their body isn't like they were before they had their first child. Uh, so men, it says men developed a draft, uh, like a draft beer or whatever that caused um them not to be able to conceive. So we're talking about um, <clears throat> birth control. And I'm sure abortion was part of that. I can't prove it. Um, what about drug abuse? That talks about how uh, the women were instructed by their fallen angel husbands to uh, to be able to use roots and, and to, make, uh, to cast spells and stuff like that. So we're talking about maybe hallucinogenics, <clears throat> talking about uh, major corruption, both in the human race and with um, with the Nephilim towards the human race and the fallen angels towards the human race and mankind against God. So <laughs> major corruption. And we see that nowadays. Um, if you look into the, the uh, alien abduction uh, phenomena, you realize that it's a, a program that's being done to uh, to make cross uh, crossbreeds to breed uh, fallen angels and humans again and, uh, and to create uh, <clears throat> what many of us think are, are um soulless bodies for these uh, for the demons to inhabit that's another discussion for another day i guess um cannibalism uh book of enoch talks about how um when they the nephilim had exhausted all the resources of men they turned against men themselves which means means that they ate men and if you read some accounts by um people that have seen modern day nephilim they uh They'll say the same thing. I think what was the giant of Kandahar? Was that the name of that thing that they found over in Afghanistan, Jim and Eric? Yeah. Um, they said that uh, yep. they found a bunch of human bones there. Well, you know, those bones were in, in a big pile. It doesn't, you know, I'm sure the, the guy didn't just stack them up there. And the bones were appeared to have been cleaned, according to some sources, like they were eating off of. Um, so these things are cannibals. 
or maybe part cannibals. Uh, is there such thing as a step cannibal or a, a step brother because you're not of the same father? I don't know. It's hard to explain. Anyway, and then we have the fall, the whole fallen angel worship. And um, you talk to a lot of people; they worship angels these days. And <clears throat> um, so, anyway, that's the Duresh. It uh, you look for similar occurrences. Well, when Jesus, so in essence, what Jesus said is, when uh, when I come back, there's going to be Nephilim on the earth again. There's going to be birth control, possibly abortion, drug abuse, uh, major corruption in all different aspects of society, cannibalism, and fallen angel worship. And you know, bazinga, you know, it's, it's all here now. And the last one, um, the S in parties, is the uh, sod. And basically, that's the esoteric or the mystery, the mystical meaning. Now, if you look at Genesis in the beginning, God wipes out the world because of the corruption. At the end, Jesus said that unless I come back, uh, no flesh is going to survive. So we have the world almost being destroyed or humanity or all flesh maybe all, almost being destroyed. So you have a, a mystical meaning right there. You have uh, he's, he came back or he destroyed the earth in the beginning to to make a clean start. He's coming back to make a clean start again. Um we can look at also the Genesis 1 and uh, his return also. Um, uh, when God destroyed the world, it doesn't say that he was happy to do so. As a matter of fact, it says that he, he uh, repented of having made man. And that doesn't mean that he was, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Let's just look at it this way. He didn't want to do it, but he had to do it. So there was a certain sorrow that was involved there. Um, but then if you look at Revelation, uh, uh there's a, a sorrow that he's going to have to, things are going to get so bad that he's going to have to come back and, and straighten things out. So in the Gospels, we have Jesus winning over sin, and sin is a, a, a spiritual condition um, that became a physical condition over us. And in Revelation, at his return, we have a physical salvation. So um, that takes care of so. So when you look at that scripture, you know, many people look at it and say, okay, well, it's going to be like the days of Noah. People are going to be eating and drinking, and maybe there'll be a little homosexuality if you want to really press the, the meaning. But if you look into it deeper with Ramez, you realize there's a hidden meaning and an allegorical meaning. And then if you go into Duresh, it, uh, the allegorical meaning causes you to ask questions, and that's what Duresh means, to ask questions, look for similar occurrences, which is what we did. Uh, using Luke and uh, also going into some um, pseudographical uh, sources. And uh, then we had the uh, esoteric meaning. And uh, the, the esoteric meaning really works out good when it comes to, um, <clears throat> or actually all meanings work out good when it comes to Jesus wept. Um, yes, Peshat, he actually wept. It was at, um, what was it, the funeral of Lazarus. Um so the hidden meaning, why did he weep? Well, um, he saw that he saw the condition of mankind. Um, he saw that all people were destined to, to die and uh, and go to hell without salvation. Uh, the uh, asking the questions, is there another reason why he wept? Yeah, he probably saw that there was a time when Jerusalem was going to be sacked and destroyed. He probably saw the condition of mankind for the next 2000 years. He saw that uh, there was going to be a need to come back. And he saw that he was going to have to die. And, you know, yes, he was happy to die for us. But at the same time, he did have some flesh. Jesus was, was God, uh, God in the flesh also. So he, um, he, he experienced that feeling of, yes, you know, I'm going to do this. I have to do this. But it's going to hurt. 
it's going to be physical pain. And so, you know, there was another thing he was looking at. And then um, the esoteric meaning of Jesus wept. Um, yeah, he, he knew that. Uh, and I, I do believe that he knew this, that he uh, <clears throat> he was going to die and he was going to have to go to hell and he was going to have to preach in hell to all the captives that were being held there. Those people that looked forward to the day that he would come and deliver them. And uh, so he wept because he knew that his mission on the cross was only partially done when and so he was going to have to go down and and preach again. But he saw those souls that were sitting in he- in hell, in um, that pocket called uh, torments, and um, that you talked about, Jim. That was the other pocket. Um, and he saw them, and he's he he wept for them because they they waited there for. And I don't know if, if there's actual time in that in that dimension, but um, he saw them waiting, sitting there and waiting there, and just hoping that that day would come soon, that uh, they would deliver him, and that he was the answer, that God had. He, he had decided to use himself and God, the father decided to use him as the answer for that. So maybe the, some of that weeping was joy that he um, was experiencing, that he was going to be the tool to, to bring this all about and to free mankind, you know, because there, there can be happy weeping, too. <laughs> there is. And uh, so, you know, if you you could take a scripture at value, face value. Oh, and by the way, um, if any of the other three um take away from the first one then you're not using uh Peshat, you're not using per, uh, parties correctly because all three have to um you know the word i think of is jive with uh with the first one with the literal meaning uh if, if any of the other meanings take away from the literal literal then you're not doing your job and it's not working the correct that's, way so that's just like that's just like the roman greco way that we're taught in the west uh hermeneutics is that something is either literal or allegorical and the allegorical can't take away from the literal. it has to enhance it or you're not doing it right mm-hmm. but you know if i can i want to sure about the word mechanics on this too and i'm going to use the flat earth as an example in isaiah 14th chapter um the word now the jews read everything right to left we go left to right but you know what they index their um Phrases. Whenever there's a prepositional phrase, and I had to look that up in English to even find out what it was, they use a, a verb and a noun to like transparencies to enhance and confirm the use so that it's double. It's double, and here's one half of it, and here's the other half of it. The only problem is they do everything backwards, including adding their word definitions. So in English, it's rather easy. We look at uh, and that's the way we're thinking, and that's the way we're taught. And so it's not because we're lacking, we were stupid or anything. We're just not taught something that's very essential, and that is partis. So if you don't understand how the Jews read and how they add their additional words on, you're only getting half of it, and you'll never find the other half because you don't even know. So they're looking at Isaiah 14, and it says that the earth is stationary and fixed. Oh, see, it's flat, and it stays there. It's the center of the universe. It's the center of uh uh, the solar system and everything spins around it, and that's proof. And it's a dome; it's not a vault. Uh, I mean, a vault is a dome. So that's where the confusion comes in. So here's the example in in English. In English, we add a suffix to our words to enhance what it means. So it's like earth-like, earth-bound, uh, earth-globe-like. Yeah. yeah, whatever, you know, it's earth and then the end of it. So it's easy for us. We just have to go into an inner linear and look under E and there's all the variations. But if you don't understand 
how the Jews do it. They put a prefix on everything. So it's in, in reverse, it would be like uh, bound earth, uh, round earth, near earth, like earth. They put everything on the front. So you can't look it up under uh, the Hebrew letter for um, E and find everything. You have to look up first. You're going to have to realize, okay, there's one in E, but now I got to look up D. And I got to find out that exact word. Then when I find it, then I'll find out what the other word is. So that's the way the Jews do it. So let's take um, back to uh, Isaiah 14th chapter. The earth is fixed and immovable. The other word you're looking for is in a different part of the thing. When you get it, then you find out that what is fixed and immovable is a rotation and an orbit. Mm -hmm. The rotation and the orbit is fixed and immovable and will not uh, budge until the Lord says so. Right. Um, I well, found it looking for the Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. and I found out there was a series of events that the Mandela people are all believers in the flat earth, that all believe in a geocentric earth rather than a heliocentric earth. So I go, wait a minute, there's a connection here. What in the heck is going on? So I started looking up all the different sites, especially the high profile sites. They're all from this one great, great nation that demands, it's the only people group on this planet that demand that you have to believe that the earth is flat or you are less than an infidel. And that's those highly developed advanced technology people called the Islam, Muslims. They are told they have to believe in a flat earth. So I start looking and I see a connection and I see that all of these flat earth promoters and that have the big money to promote and they're on number one in the engines. They're, they're called cultural jihadists. Mm -hmm. In other words, they are there to undermine and overturn our technology, our achievements, and even the word of God. They're imams pretending to be Christians that are promoting all of this. And they have the big money to do it because they got all this oil money that they can spend and they can make it happen. That's who you're getting your information from. Yeah. And look at how sophisticated and scientific minded that that gets you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Still dirt floors, still <clears throat> acting like cavemen and their their jihad, the way they convince people. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, well, their Quran, the verse of the sword says that uh, to the infidel, you cut off their hands and feet or their head. The Bible looks at the same situation and says, you know, in the last days, there's going to be this group that's going to want to cut your heads off right. if you don't stand for the Lord. Could it be the same situation looking at different sides of the mirror? I think so. It's no coincidence. I'm not saying that they are the total answer. They're actually pawns being used by uh, one of three frogs. Their mm -hmm. whole purpose is to hate Israel and to come against it and liquidate it and to morph into Christianity. Right. And that's what frogs are doing. That's National Socialism. That's uh, Islam and communism. And my gosh, communists and, and uh, Islam has a date. Their destiny is in Ezekiel 38 chapter. They're going to be bird food for the fowls of the earth on the sides of the mountains of Israel when they come to one base. That's right. Hey, that you know, is, I just wanted to conclude okay. with this. That's mm -hmm. one frog standing, the one that claims to have supernatural encounter with supernatural beings and supernatural enlightenment. It's the one that has the eagle and the cross. To, I mean, the, yeah, the cross, the, the twisted cross of the swastika. Right. So, yeah, we're, we're going to have so, – uh, it's going to be a wild ride, folks. It's, things are going to be a lot different than what you thought. That's Go right. ahead. Well, I was going to say that uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if you know this, but uh, 
uh, the you know how a lot of the uh, flat earthers will you know the minute they find out that you believe in a spherical earth you're a heretic you know and everything else they disown you they try to discredit you well on the other side there are actually Muslims that that believe that the earth is round and and mainstream Islam looks at them the same way that the flat earthers look at us they call them heretics they're not Christian they're not Muslims they're you know they're they're mistaken and they're um, they're basically cast out of uh, uh, mainstream Islam. Uh, they're you know nobody's supposed to talk with them or anything else. So um, you know it's it's interesting that uh, you know the, they they go through the same thing that we go through. I'm not uh, advocating for Islam at all, but um, it just shows you that uh, a belief system can be so strong that it it uh, it'll mimic uh, mimic itself in many different ways, but Another thing, Jim, that um, if you look at it, um, and we talked about this earlier on the phone, is that um, the verbs and the nouns in, in Hebrew, if you, I use the Blue Letter Bible online. I, I love that thing. I really do. It really helps me out. Um, and I'm a King James person, so I, I read that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> if you look up a certain word, it'll give you that word, but it'll say from the primitive verb, like if it's a noun or if it's a verb, it'll say from the primitive noun or something. And when you look at that other word, it's spelled exactly the same as the, as the word that you're looking at originally, except there there's a, um, a vowel change. You know, instead of being maybe an O, it sounds more like an A or A or something like that. But <clears throat> it'll always back up the noun, or if it's a verb, um, or if it's a noun, it'll back up the verb. <clears throat> But it helps to explain it a little better. So, uh, well, that's the scripture in, in, in um, <clears throat> Isaiah that says that God sits above the circle of the earth. Well, the flat earthers look at, oh, yeah, see, that proves that the, the earth is a circle, so it's flat. Well, if you look at the verb, the verbiage of it, it's yes, it is flat and all circles are flat. But it seems to suggest that um, that it's not just flat, but it's a sphere. And uh, the the. What's used as an example in the uh, in the commentary just below is that um, it says much like uh, Magellan um, circumnavigate because it could mean circumnavigate and that means to go around a circle and um, so it seems to suggest that uh, it's, it's circumnavigating a a three dimensional um, circle or a sphere rather than a, a flat a flat circle so anyway go ahead Jim exactly well I just want to say though that that if this is not a salvation issue, I have very dear friends that are flat earthers. Right. Very dear. I mean, very good friends. I have one who's volunteering to redo my whole website and man, God bless you, Rob. Cause <laughs> that, <laughs> oh God, that thing is so messed up. I mean, it's, I, it's from 1999. It's not even friendly usage, user, user friendly to smartphones because it was a decade before smartphones existed. So it's really hard. It needs. It, there's so much work that needs to be done. He's a flat earther. I love him. He's my brother, and he doesn't make an issue of it. Chad uh, Riley, uh, one of the producers of uh, the Hollow Earth uh, video that I was in, I love the guy, man. He's a good friend, um, and we can continue to work together, love each other as Christ told us to love one another as family members. Um, the thing we can't do is make that a divisive, a dividing thing and they don't do it and i certainly don't do it they have every right and privilege to believe that and as long as we don't uh, 
we can agree to disagree and then go on and do the commission that we're told. And that's be co-workers in this time of the harvest to bring in souls, to know their God and be strong and do exploits. And that's what they do. And that's what I do. So if they don't make it an issue, I don't make it an issue. I, I think this is a non, um, it should be a non-threatening issue. Uh, just something that we have to just let it go and, and, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter. Let's concentrate on what we do know and love one another. So, uh, and that's the other thing within the body of Christ. I think some understandings are scattered. Not any one person is going to know everything. And I don't pretend to know everything. Um, God has purposely scattered his understandings amongst Trinitarians, amongst uh, Jesus only, amongst uh, uh, Calvinists, amongst Arminians, amongst um, all kinds of different beliefs. And we're never going to get the whole picture while we're arguing about our differences and not concentrating on our similarities. I remember the first time at the Ancient of Days conference in 2003, a bunch of us got together. We were the only ones that understood the Genesis 6 paradigm. And so we're all patting each other on the backs. So, uh, uh, there was about 12 of us. And we started sharing and we realized that we had pieces that looked like they were conflicting. But we were so excited that we found other people that at least I believe the one idea of the Genesis six thing that we were willing to listen to one another. And then as we did, we found out, Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at how this fits into this and how that. So we all had a different picture, but we were willing to consider one another's approach without threatening each other. It all fit mm -hmm. and it's going to all fit someday, but it's going to be when we start treating each other, like fellow brothers and sisters, you go into some chat rooms, um, or even Christian apologetics. And it's like, you know, are you ready to rumble? You know, yeah. everybody's just, man, it, it, it just gets crazy. This isn't what God meant by, you know, you, they'll know of my love as you have love for one another. I don't see a whole lot of love when you're sitting there Bible beating each other, cramming things down each other's throat, calling each other wolves in sheep clothing and false teacher this, false teacher. It's not the way we're supposed to treat our fellow Christians. Mm hmm when we can be one, when we can get unified, then we're going to get start getting some real answers on everything. And that's what I'm excited about the reset. That is going to put us all Christians on the same page. We're going to realize, oops, wow. You know, hey, man, I'm sorry I treated you like you were a total nut. But you know what? What you said just didn't make sense at the time. You know, a transformation book that you were talking about earlier. I read that book, uh, I don't know, about 10 years ago, I think it was. And mm -hmm. it it, I was not ready for it. I This was the weirdest thing I ever heard. I just, I started reading, I put it down. I couldn't finish. Garbage, this is crazy. Then as time progressed and caught up with the book, I'm going, oh my gosh, let, let's get this gal on our program. We need, to, we need to talk to her. She's, this stuff is right on. This is right in the front page news now. She was just way ahead of her time at the time. Sure. People, or I wasn't ready for it. Now it makes sense. My book has experienced the same thing. I, many things that I said uh, 24 years ago when I wrote it, I was the biggest kook in the world. Mm -hmm. Now it's the hot topics everybody's talking about. Mm -hmm. That's so right. it kind of validates and everything that I've said so far has happened pretty, pretty close. Like I said, I, I don't have the whole answer, the whole picture, and I'm not demanding from you, the listener, I don't even care if you believe it or not. Just mm -hmm. consider the possibility of a scenario that might be a lot different than what you're expecting. Now, because I'm not telling you to buy my tinfoil hats to protect you from, uh, uh, alien thoughts or uh, uh, giving me firstborn or all your money. Um, just put it in the back of your mind. Consider it. If you need it, it'll be there when you need it. And if you don't, 
no harm done because I haven't told you to do anything. Just consider. Right. Well, you know, when it comes to Kathy O'Brien's book, <clears throat> it's uh, you realize how much you have to pray for President Trump because <clears throat> the things that she reveals in there and the levels of lawlessness that there are from from the, the smallest person all the way down to the way up to the top and even beyond the top because it goes into spiritual places. But um, <clears throat> it's 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 all the more impetus to re- it may it makes me realize that um, Donald Trump will get nowhere if we don't pray for him and he doesn't have divine help. And so far, it seems like he has because some of the things that have happened have been pretty phenomenal and can only ha- have happened if he does have some divine help, some if he does have God helping him <clears throat> to get to get uh, this message and this this message out in this uh, swamp cleaning done. But um, people, man, please just I, I would exhort you <clears throat> to get the book and read it. I'm not trying to sell the book for her. I don't even know the woman, but um, and, and you're going to realize what he's up against. You're going to realize um, that in every nook and cranny, you know, you start to wonder, you know, can he trust generals? Can he trust this person or that person, his, his advisors and stuff like that? And you realize, man, I need to pray for this guy every day because the, the, he's up against the biggest darkness that there's ever been on this world, probably since the time that Jesus walked the earth and the powers of darkness were trying to take him out. I mean, it's it's like he's going against everything that you could possibly think of because they want to start this new world order. They want to get it going and, and, and enslave all of us. And and it's books like that that will help you understand just what we're up against. And uh, I don't know, it's been very sobering for me. It's helped me to realize that uh, I need to pray more. I need to intercede more. I need to... Um, educate my own family more as to what's going on and uh, and to help the children to grow up in the way they should go so that when they get older they will not depart from it. It's, you notice uh, the, the media uh, will question why Trump has uh, isolated himself from so-and-so or this such a person or that that person. You'll, you'll notice that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the president seems more alone uh, and isolated, um, you, you see that stated over and over again. So that's something to kind of consider. I think as time goes on, he he begins to understand that you know maybe people that necessarily maybe appear to be on his side or you know his friend or you know doing the right thing turn out not to be to right. be the enemy. So he has to basically expel them out, mm-hmm. uh, get them out. Right. Well- the swamp steve hey can we get um do we have anybody that would maybe want to call in can you get the call-in number well i don't know if the call-in number works we haven't tried that yet but i have been on the um on the uh, chat and i've been appealing to people to to write in and nobody has yet so um i was kind of hoping that we i was hoping maybe we could get that working that we could do the call in yeah, we're going to have to, to work on that, the three of us. Two of us will be on, and one will have to try to call in or something in order to get it going. I mean, you know, I <clears throat> I suppose we could try, but if we lose the show because of it, I don't know. Um, uh, what do you think? Well, no, let's not lose the show. Let's we, we yeah. Because if some... I go to cancel something out and I, I shut everything down, it's not a good thing. Yeah, we'll have to do some testing. Yeah. We're going to have to get together because we can't, you know, I mean – 
today, yeah, just ask ask them if they have questions that they want asked, then mm -hmm. we can answer them. Yeah, the um, chat room is open, folks. You can uh, get in there and, and type in. I know others have used it. I've talked to people over it before. So, um, you know, feel free to use it, and uh, we can communicate that way, and then the next time we can uh, we can actually have people call in. Um, there's a way to do it. I know you have to take one call at a time. You can't put them all on hold and stuff like that. But, uh, again, if I push the wrong button, it's kaput. So it's... let's set a, let's set a day when we can practice this and do a dry run through it or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that sounds good. And because uh, I do have a Skype number and um, it's free for anybody to call in. For it's free for me. Uh, people in other countries might have to pay if they decide to call, but uh, you know, but uh, it's it's free for us. So, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that day because remember we were on Pal, uh, what was it on Pal Talk uh, Blog Talk? We were able to do that. Yeah. And um, so it's all set up. We just have to check it out and test it out. So anyway, um, but uh, yeah. So getting back, you know, we it's it's I think it's just so so important. Um, and I never realized the scope and magnitude of what he was up against. I mean, you know that there's. There's evil out there. You know that there's principalities and powers and rulers. But, man, I'm telling you, people that you never would have expected, people that I voted for um, two or three times, uh, one guy twice, another guy twice, you know, are all involved in this deep state stuff. And uh, um, actually, no, I make that five times, I guess. Um, but uh, it's just, it's phenomenal. Not phenomenal. It's, if you weren't a believer, it'd be scary. But we know that we serve a God that's that's so far above this. I mean, uh, a God that can have one angel come down and slay, what was it, um, uh, 185,000 Assyrians in one night, you know? <laughs> so um, we just have to be, to know that uh, for sure that uh, the God that we serve is able to, is, is infinitely more superior to the deep state. And um, could wipe them out in one second had he chosen to. But they're there for a reason. And they're uh, actually they're there to usher in his return sooner or later. So um, without them, uh, the world would not become wicked and evil and eviler, I should say. And and um, he would not have to come back as soon. But uh, uh, it makes you kind of, I don't know, kind of glad that we live in the times that we do right now because it's we're only going to see it getting wickeder, and it's yes, it's going to be sorrowful and everything, but you know, it's uh, you would be a bake of cake, you got to turn the oven up to 350 degrees, or else you just have a lump of dough, you know, to uh, refine gold, you got to melt it down and and draw off the dross. So heat is involved in everything, and heat's often equated with hard times. So, um, you know, we we have that uh, coming towards us, and you know, I just. Uh, uh, pray that we all have uh, have it in us to uh, uh, retain our composure during the time of uh, sorrow and sadness that uh, that we're going to need to have in order to be able to survive. I mean, well, you know, I, I do believe that we're called, but at the same time, it's it's uh, it's going to be rough for a lot of people. So uh, prayers are for that our group, the uh, the called out ones that uh, <clears throat> that we we are able to endure. On that day, as Paul says, I like I like how the Lord has provided us a balance to handle all of this. And that is that he told us to occupy until he came. Now, I 
don't know that people really fully understand what that means to occupy. Well, yeah, hang on to, you know, just hang on, hang on, even though everything's falling apart, just keep hanging on and, and occupy. No, occupy actually means to continue carrying out your mundane day-to-day activity. Mm-hmm. It's balanced to that, man. Yeah. You know, I know that we're at the end of the end times, but you know what? I go home and I'm with my grandkids and, you know, do I tell them, oh, Jesus is coming back. Don't worry about it. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. He's coming back in, you know, a couple months or so. And so you don't have to worry. No, I say, you know what? This carries on no matter what, even if it's 100 years from now. The more you learn, the more you can earn. So don't give up your education. Study, learn all you can, know all you can. Do good because it's a good thing to do, not because anybody's watching or not that you might get, uh, you know, goodies from from God or you know, points or whatever. The real character is when you do what's right and you don't think there's any chance of anything happening because of it or do what's right. And you know that nobody's ever going to know whether you did right or not, because it's not about you. It's about your character standing before God. What they say, integrity is what you what you do when you know nobody's look or when you think nobody's looking. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And that's all. And that's what the Lord wants. And. He wants us not to act kooky and crazy. We can have calm in the midst of calamity. That's what he wants from us. So, uh, and, and he's made it so simple. If we love him first before anything else, if we can then we know his promises, know his insurance. I mean, he's left us a will. He's left us a will with benefits. He's left us a will with protection, with guarantees from his word. The more we learn of what's in that will, the more we can exercise being a child of God, the right. more we can rest on um, his promises. And that's resting in the midst of, of craziness. And then the best of all, we exploit and use that to bring others to him by our example, because mm-hmm. we can be calm and we have great strength in his promises. That's what the ultimate, it produces a great strength beyond even our own ability, but something that others can draw upon because they see us as a living example. And it's just, so we carry out our daily routines. I tell my grandkids all the time, that's, you're not off the hook, man. You know, you got to keep still doing, you know, what you're doing because to be fair, even to the language, seven years of tribulation, you know, that that word to be totally fair in the Greek just means seven units which is commonly understood as seven years, but not necessarily. It could be 70 years. We don't know. And we have to have a certain element of thinking that way. I'm I'm so sure that something's going to happen next month that's going to be life-changing. What exactly? You know, I know one thing I think that is happening is this, this um, New Age rapture thing. Boy, that's going to really flip everything over backwards crazy and everything. Yeah. But, we just have to sit and wait. I know something's going to happen. There's too many indications of everything's lining up according to God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be able to be open for the unexpected. My my uh, pastor uh, at my church. Now, the entire church didn't want. I mean, I was a member of the prayer, healing and deliverance team. I had been giving them uh, heads up on eight months that they could go in the midst of the new age uh, shows that I was doing and. They're reading tea leaves and rocks and crystal balls and every other kind of thing right there in public. So under an equal opportunity, that gives us the ability to sit there and have a booth and pray for people's needs. 
for deliverance, for um, healing right then and there in the place and expect it. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's the gifting that God gave us. So let's do it. Nine weeks I was there and that one person came from that church. Oh, boy. I couldn't get over the embarrassment of being associated with such a wacko thing as UFOs. Or some of them just scared to death. They didn't want to come to grips with any of this stuff was really real. And if it was, it means that they'd have to change their lives, apparently. And then the others are, you know, they are excited and they want to be a part of it. But unfortunately, some of them are so zealous that that's all they talk about is uh, the UFO alien stuff. And there's more to a bigger picture. I, I look at it this way. This is bait to catch fish, but don't lose focus that I'm catching fish. Right. Uh, in my little museum here, and you, Dave, you know how that went um, when I had the same in uh, Roswell, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. We, we, yeah, you know, we talked a little of the UFO alien stuff. That was bait to catch fish. But we talked more about Jesus and who he is and what he's done for the, for them. It's always, that's the way it's going to be at this place. I'm going to be talking, I, I am going to talk whatever they want to talk, but I'm going to segue into who Jesus is, why they need to know him, why they need to have a page, personal relationship with him, because that's their only hope through all of this. Right, right. We'll spend more time talking about Jesus and preaching the gospel than we do UFOs and aliens. I wished that that church would have given uh, given it a chance, but they didn't. But the pastor, man, he's my friend, he's my buddy. He just gave a, a sermon that I'm going to post on Facebook, um, and it's about the coming flu pan, uh, pandemic. pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we've had the discussion before, he and I, that this flu pandemic that comes, there's already a movie about it. But the, before I ever saw the movie, I heard the warnings that there's something coming. I, I can't remember the name of the, the disease. It's it's something that uh, came from China, and China had a cure for it, but now it's uh, morphed into something that has no cure, and it has it takes on the flu-like symptoms, and supposedly it hits first in Chicago, then it goes to Michigan. And from Michigan, it goes, it spreads throughout the whole world. Wow. And it literally kills, I think, one third of the population. Wow. So I had a dream and I was praying about it. And the Lord showed me something about New York, something about Chicago. Chicago had more political power than, than Detroit. So what made us special in New York? It was like they were talking. And then they were saying to Detroit, we have more global influence than you. So what's so special about you? And then I remembered uh, Pastor George Bogle, local uh, minister here in Detroit. Everybody well, well loved, well respected. He was a mentor of mine when I first started a Christian bike motorcycle group. And uh, and he was uh, kind of a mentor to me. And he had a woman who was uh, that he fully supported and proved and. I got in a motorcycle accident. This lady came and she said she felt, she heard from Pastor Vogel I was here. She wanted to talk to me and she felt for some reason to tell me uh, something about Detroit. And I remember this was like in 1977 when this happened. And so she said, Jim, do you, did you ever wonder why the, uh, Detroit looks like a hand? And I said, well, yeah, it's a mitten. You know, we it's kind of convenient because we can just hold up our hand and say, I'm from here, 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 and just point it like a map. And, you know, everybody knows where you're from. 
And uh, she says, no, this is what the Lord told me. That's the hand of God upon this world. And she said, in the last days, God's hand is going to be put upon Detroit, uh, upon Michigan. And there's going to be a revival that starts at the heart of Michigan is Detroit. And in Detroit, there's going to be a revival that starts in the worst of times. But that revival is going to spread throughout all of America and then throughout the entire world. Well, that'd be nice to be a part of that. Well, you know, you will be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that where I am in Detroit now, I was in Roswell, New Mexico. I was having divine appointments every week, you know, five or six people that got saved every week. And we're talking dry times. That's not, you know, some people say, oh, that's not very big. Well, it's big for the times that we're in now or we're in. I think we're going to see an outpouring like we never saw ever before. But it's going to be supernatural hand of God. And in this reset, I would, the Lord picked me up and he says, no, I want you to go back home for your family. And I was devastated, man. You remember? I remember how, that. Yeah. I do. I do too. My God, what did I do wrong? I mean, Lord, this is, people are getting saved left and right. What, how did I, why? And I thought it was for my family and it was an emergency that I'm glad that I was there for them, but that wasn't it. He was meaning my family, our family. Christians, I want you back home because now you got what you needed to learn there. You got more of what you needed to learn. All your experience founding and pastoring one of the first evangelical Christian motorcycle clubs was in preparation for what I got next. I want you to go back into the city, the city that I got firebombed out of. And, and I mean, I had, you know, I was done with Detroit. That was it. I'm never going back or anything. I had, a, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happen there. But I grew up there. I lived in, uh, a section called Brightmore in in Detroit metro area. I had my ministry there for seven years in the downtown area of Brightmore. Basically, it was a biker town. It's, Brightmore is a section known in in Detroit, Michigan, as the it's the worst of the worst. And I grew up there. And quite frankly, after growing up and ministering in Brightmore, no, no city on this earth scares me a bit. I'm after surviving Brightmore, um, I'm ready for anything. So where does he send me back to? To the hood and to Brightmore. My Most of my work in ministry now is done in the inner city of Detroit. And at first I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm being punished or something. Something's wrong. No, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Man, there's, there's, there's gems amongst the coal. There's flowers amongst the weeds. You would be amazed at some of the people that are homeless or that had addictions. You think they're all just kind of semi-functional. There are, there are brilliant people that really love the Lord, where much is forgiven, much is loved. And some of these people, I'm just, I thank God that I am able to work there and, and do it. And if you knew the way I grew up and everything, I'm kind of tailor-made for that. You know, I, I was a country kid from Livonia, but three miles away was Brightmore. My grandparents lived in Brightmore, and my parents uh, in the country in Livonia, when it was country. So only three miles away, but I live half of my life over at my grandparents because they babysat for us all the time. So I, I got to be a country kid. I got to be a, a kid from the hood. So I knew both environments and I could work in both. And uh, now it all makes sense because that's where I've been called is kind of by, my thing is uh, to lead and, and help those that are completely forgotten. People mm -hmm. think, oh, this stuff is, they're not going to understand this stuff. <laughs> 
man, I got to I'm going to bring some of the people on maybe on this program, but I'm going to bring some on and let them give their testimonies and, and teachings. Yeah. Teachings. Great. Deep teachings, man. The more the merrier. Yeah. And I think that'll be some interesting shows in the future. I'm going to, I've already told them, I said, now don't get nervous, but I'm going to film this. We're going to make it a video. I'm, I get a new video play thing posted. I don't know that I'm going to repost any of my actual old videos. If I do, I may redo them so they won't be totally recognizable because right. there's so much tracking. I mean, I mean, everybody that's helped me to try to get a new program has really given me a lot of good information. I'm going to use it all. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spare any of it. I'm going to try all of the different web browsers, every little trick in the book, but my gosh, you, I don't know if we covered this tonight or not, but please, if you didn't do it, I mean, I was going to use a um, email called Pro, Proton. Did yeah. we cover that? Mm-hmm. No, we didn't talk. We talked about it before we got on the show. Oh, guys, guys, no, drop it. Don't have anything to do with Proton. I am never going to use it. When when I found out what Dave found out, that's what I mean. We got to be so careful and cautious. Not that I'm worried, but it's just like, why go right to the belly of the beast and, and uh, you know, let him look over your shoulder, everything you're doing. The Proton mail that has super encrypted that I thought was really good stuff. I knew the technology came from CERN, but I thought it was borrowed technology that was used against them. Oh, no, we found out something quite different, didn't we, Dave? Why don't you yeah. tell them what about? Well, I just did a simple search about the Proton and found out it was created by CERN and that uh, the headquarters are still in Geneva, Switzerland. So, and that's where um, CERN is not too far from Geneva. Um, Geneva is over by Lake Geneva and it's, um, it's real close to the French border. So um, my suspicions are that it's, it's run by CERN. I can't prove that, but uh um, and it's it's um, it's built as something that is uh, put together to be out of the reach of uh, the uh, the laws and um, maybe the um, the corporate uh, uh, greedy hands of uh, American and European um, uh, businesses, you know, like Google and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know if something uh, if a, if a baby is birthed of uh, two evil people the baby could turn out to be okay but if it's raised by the evil to two evil people there's chances are are pretty pretty um pretty hard and that's what it, you know the birthing was of uh, proton from uh from cern so i'm just uh i'm glad i saw that before you got too involved in it because i i'd hate to see you have to you know change everything again but um you oh, know better works. to be safe than sorry yeah, the worst thing, once I'm linked up to something like that, I'm sure it's going to be hard to not be avoiding, you know. It's like they get, like Google. Google gets your hooks and claws in. Google runs half the darn search engines and everything else around here. They got a D-Wave computer, the same thing that NASA has, the same thing that um, uh, CERN runs on. So, you know, they're all linked together. It's like, you know, you can't go on Google search and think you're going to find anything that's uh, legitimate. They got you set up right away. You're not going to get the truth. Yeah. You got to use some other um, thing. There was one, I don't not crawled at it. I don't something. I was looking for it and I couldn't find a darn thing, but it, it, it sounded funny, but it was a very good one. There's about four of them. People have recommended. I'm going to use all of them. 
I'll try them all. I'll load them. I'll I'll load them all up. Well, um, when you find out what they are, let me know. Yeah, I will. Because I'll do that. Are you talking about search engines or are you talking about mail servers? Uh, um, both. Oh, both. okay. Engines and mail servers. Yeah, I'll <clears throat> I'll try anything that's you know I I would rather have something that's Christian or something that uh, that bright on is what I uh, yeah bright on. That's a new one. They just accepted me and will allow me to post, um, you know, my videos there. So that's the first one that I'm going to be working on. But uh, I'm going to post them. I, I mean, you know, guys, if if you are listening out there right now and you're hearing this, I will allow other people to use my uh, videos. I can't put all of them on one clip. There's just way too. I got 135 of them, and some of them are two hour long. I don't even post them because people don't watch them. I broke them all up to like 10 minute excerpts with one or two thoughts. People eat it right up. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's been on the internet for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I guess you need to, you know, people don't watch two hour long videos. Not too many geeks like me do, but not, uh, that's not normal. I guess 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes is like a sure shot. Uh, 25, 30 is pushing it. I try not to go any longer than that mm -hmm. on any of my videos, but even then what I'll do, is if you'll promise me you'll do something, I will promise you. I will give you some of my videos. All you got to promise me is that you will copy them, give them out to your friends, relatives, enemies, everything in between. Just copy them and copy them and just make them go viral anywhere you can, everywhere you can. Pass them out like tracks if you can. Right. Uh, if you'll do that for me, then I'll, I'll gladly give them to you. We're at crunch time, man. We don't have a lot of time left to do a lot so i want to make value the time that we do have so i'm not trying to make money on these i never have never will i've never had mine monetized but that's the new trend too some of them are, are getting booted off just because they need to make a dollar get rid of the freebies and let's get people on there that's going to make us some money and that could be half of the reason why i was removed um the other half though is like i said all of the ones that they had problems with, I photocopied the, the connection numbers. And they're all the ones about Adolf Hitler and his connection to everything we talked about tonight. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll tell you, that was hate speech. Oh, man, bad Jim. He's, he's picking on poor, misunderstood Hitler and making everybody feel bad about him. Yeah, well, that's a badge of honor, okay? Thanks. That's right. Yeah. That is Look. exactly right. Because no matter what form he comes back in, he's still going to be an evil son of a gun. You know. There was, there was a woman, uh, a friend of mine, who said, Jim, could he come back as a she? And I laughed at first and said, how ridiculous. But you know what? No, she yeah. made a point that was actually made some sense. Where Very is, possible. Where is all this goddess worship coming to an end to? I mean, yeah. look at everything. Just like the lesbian gay agenda. You look on every movie, on everything anymore. The male is a whimpering fool, a stumbling uh, buffoon, a weak little, you know, demasculated man. And the woman is large in charge and has all the answers and, and can outcome fool fight everybody and anybody. And it's just, it's everywhere anymore. Mm -hmm. Or how about this? What about something almost in between? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, you, you laugh. Exactly. You laugh no, no, that, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Honestly, I'm laughing because I identify I, with I almost, it. I almost lean even closer to that than I do being a completely female. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. like a Bruce Jenner kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean something that's in between. You know, there. Are, you know, the whole concept of basically 
uh, gender flu, flu, you know, fluid. Uh, there, there are no two genders, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Could it be a mockery based on that? Sure. You know yeah. what? Uh, we'll talk off screen because right? we'll yep. just take over some ideas, but uh, that yep. can tie into some Indian legends uh, that are pretty popular and maybe even a biblical truth that's being mocked there. And yep. that's what to do is mock God. So, yeah, we'll talk about that one. That's interesting. That uh, You're right on to something right there. I've, hey, we got uh, um, we had somebody come on to the chat room, actually. <clears throat> oh. And the first thing was um, they're thank, they said, thank you guys for the zeal that saved souls for Jesus. Thank you for your love of our country and to say a prayer for the president. God bless you guys. And then below, I, she might have come in kind of late. Uh, you, she asked if you're going to have a YouTube channel again. And I think you're going to you're exploring other opportunities, you said, right? Yeah, it doesn't look like I'm going to get a YouTube channel again unless I unless um, I get a computer. And right now I got to get this store ready for um, store. I got to get this museum ready first. Right. Uh, uh, if I and I have money for it, but I don't have any money for a new computer right now. So unless I'm blessed with one, um, that's not going to happen right away. Because um, yeah. it's going to take that. I mean, I've I've been so thoroughly convinced by everybody's input that if I'm really going to do this right, I need to start brand new everything that's never been touched by. Uh, Google or anything else that's, uh, you know, part of the B system. Right. Then, um, as a virgin outfit, I can use an assumed name. Don't post any of my old stuff, but post all revised or renewed stuff. And I th- I think I'm going to go that route. I'll, then I will get be able to get back on YouTube. But until then, I'm not even going to play around trying. It, my time's too minimal, and it's either all or nothing in, in that situation. Right. But uh, right on, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And, and I'm going to do I want to make them go viral. I'll do if there's five other alternatives, I, I'll, I'll request and get hooked up on all of them. Yeah. And I want, I want so everybody will see what they need to see. I, I was watching one on CERN today. It was it was awesome. Uh, the woman, I love the way this gal was sharp, man. She knew her stuff. And I, I knew her name. I would quote it. And I'd, maybe when I do find it, I'll post a, a link so you guys can see it she had one up switzerland has now gone completely cashless huh and you gotta see the promotional material they have for it oh my gosh they're all saying yeah i'm glad that i'm a cyborg i don't mind being you know part uh, robotic this is great you know, and, and they're selling the whole idea. These people, as they're taking an RFID chip in their hand, they're thinking, you know, uh, their good fortune that they um, have this new opportunity to be a cyborg, to be right. uh, um, no Transhuman, transhumanism. Yeah. yeah, that's what we keep calling it, upgrade. Right. You know, we're going to have access to this and this. And yeah, there'll be a few bugs, but, you know, they'll work it out. This is... We're pioneering. This is the future. This is the way it's going to be. Yeah, the market of beast thing. No, no, that's you know. Think of think of how this is going to be. This is this is great. You know, I can't wait for more. I can't wait for more upgrades. And that's what they're looking at, it, and that's the way they're selling it. And people are going, yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh boy, you know, they're the pioneers of the first. But they're so smooth and slick on how they're presenting it. I can see how the majority of people, even some Christians, they could fall right into it. Now, and I like the way the woman presented it though. She's saying. 
that whether this is the mark or not, it certainly is a precursor for something that might even be far more dangerous. That's when they have the technology to download your consciousness into an avatar. Then you will stop being a human being. Then you're something else. Oh, man, she was so right on with that stuff. But she did it in a way, her commentaries and everything were just so full of grace, informative wisdom, but but full of grace and mercy. That really won me over to her. And she, but she's also pretty large in charge. I, I liked her. You know, she she took charge and, and spoke the word, you know, with confidence and boldness. Um, it was pretty cool. It was, it's one that I want to repost on my site when I uh, am all done here. I was in the process of doing it and ran out of time, but mm-hmm. uh, really impressed with it. It was something that uh, that we all know about. But, but the other thing is I... I I was disappointed in another one, and it was talking about um, CERN and uh, Revelations 9, and I was hoping that they would throw in the scripture that I did on uh, the sounds of their wings, and nobody's done that yet. You know, I did that for Prophecy Club, and that's gone out everywhere, so I would have thought by now that would have been something that someone else would have picked up and and used as a further reference. Hmm. I don't care if I get credit for it or anything. I just, I want it to get out there so other people can pick up on it and and go with with it. it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Huh. And there's a possibility. I, I had a talk with uh, uh, Josh Peck, and uh, he's fully supportive and, and knows uh, Mark Tyler. And maybe through Mark, I mean, maybe through Josh, we might be able to get Mark Tyler here on, on our that program. That would be nice. It'd be awesome, man. Uh, Jim, uh, you know, one thing, I, I got to say it while it's on my brain or I'll forget. Yeah, um, you know. <clears throat> Maybe uh, there's a way. I don't know how familiar Eric is with um, with Linux, Linux. There are some Linux yeah. programs that are pretty friendly out there, and if you can get onto that and get all the programs that you need onto that, then uh, you have life by the tail because nobody will be able to mess with you really, right, Eric? Yeah, I mean Linux is. Um, I actually use it in my work occupi- occupation, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, uh, yeah, I would say that it. It definitely is probably um, a, poten- a potential uh, alternative to Windows um, if you're looking for something. And some of the distributions have a pretty full set of uh, software suite that works yeah. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's getting better over, over time. So it's certainly something to look at and consider. Yeah, look into one called Zorin. I downloaded that and used it for yeah, a while. I'm for, I'm, yeah, I'm from uh there are uh zorin's pretty good there are a number of linux um distributions that are i would say kind of windows clones mm-hmm. you know so, i i have a i have a laptop and i bought some thing it says if you're you know if your windows is running too slow and too much yeah junk or whatever, there you uh, go you know plug in plug this in well i plugged it in i never used it but it's a linux system right. just yeah. linux would that and, would that do yeah. it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would probably do it. Um, the thing about Linux is, is, is Linux runs a lot more lean, so uh, you can even have an older computer and put Linux on, and it'll actually m- run much better in terms of performance than something you know with Windows on it. Um, this, my laptop is a Celeron processor. Those, yeah, those are, <laughs> yeah, that's there's certain Linux distributions that would be really really good for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it just really kind of depends on what type of software you need to be able to use. Um, 
there are still there always have been some areas where you know Windows software was a little bit better, but that has um, slowly changed over time now. So yeah, if I get time, I can play around with that a little bit and see what happens. Yeah, yeah Zorin worked pretty good when I when I downloaded it. It um, it had its own user uh, user interface. It had a um, antivirus program that came with it. Yep. Um, it gives you the ability to use Windows programs on it through another program. I can't remember the name of right wine. now. Yeah, Wine. wine. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, it basically was Windows without Windows, and it was uh, it was quite interesting. So I was going to experiment more with it, but um, uh, that's another another time, I yeah. guess. But, um, I don't know about you guys. Are you guys turning into pumpkins? It's been uh, a- pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting ready to. <laughs> okay. All right. We in the show show and we can talk offline. So. Yeah, for sure. Okay, folks. So we're going to go ahead and um, <clears throat> wind it up here. So we want to thank you for listening. Want to thank you if you listen live or if you're going to uh, listen later. Um, you know, play it on the speaker or if you're going to whatever you're going to do. If you're going to listen to it on YouTube or uh, iTunes or whatever, we just want to thank you for being listeners and and for uh, and just spending time with us. Uh, we like to think of you folks as uh, sitting with us in our living rooms as we're just sitting here talking. And that's the way we started it and the way we're always going to have it. So um, once we get the uh, the phone thing straightened out, you actually will be able to sit and talk with us in our living room. Um, so just want to, uh, again, thank you. Thank you, Jim and Eric. Uh, it's been a wonderful show. It's been a lot of fun and it's been informative for sure. And, um, we just until we see you folks again next week or tomorrow, should you so want to listen. Um, Ralph will be finishing up tomorrow. Uh, his uh, the U.S. has no is the only country in the world that has nukes. Very interesting subject. Um, so come and join us at uh, five o'clock tomorrow if you so choose to. But uh, uh, anyway, um, thank you very much, guys, and thank you, audience, and uh, God bless you all until until we meet again. Um, Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> so guys just give me a chance to shut all this stuff down and then we'll uh we'll go for it okay so good night folks all right good night good night everybody